Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. KYW News Radio in Pennsylvania reports that about a third of the students at West Philadelphia's Overbrook Educational Center, or OEC students, are blind and visually impaired. Center principal Meredith Foote's goal was to construct an inclusive playground for all of the students. That goal has been accomplished, and the new playground is set to open. Overbrook Educational Center's Principal Meredith Foote is here to tell us about this special place. Hi, Meredith. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Brian. I'm so excited to be on the call and very grateful for our new playground. So thank you so much. Yes, thanks for coming on. So tell us about OEC and how you became principal. Sure. So Overbrook Educational Center is a small public school located in West Philadelphia. We serve 291 students in grades K through eight, and a third of our children are blind or visually impaired, and they come from all across the city. So um, we have nine buses in the morning. We are a lottery school, and we have wonderful staff, amazing students, and it's a really joyful place to be, and I'm very grateful to be the principal here. Um, In the 2014-2015 school year, I was hired, Um, so I'm entering into my sixth year of being here, and when I first arrived, um, all I wanted was a playground for our students, and this past October, um, our dreams were, uh, they came true, and um, I'm so grateful that we now have a beautiful playground Um, And it was provided to us by the Hess Foundation in collaboration with the Fund for the School District of Philadelphia. Um, And I want to give a special shout out to Donna Frisbee-Greenwood for her role in making our dreams a reality. Thank you, Donna. Yes. So I was reading from KYW News Radio, and your goal was to build this new playground especially for the blind and visually impaired students. Mm How did you come up with this idea? So we have two buildings. So we have one building that's located on 67th and Lansdowne and one building that's located on Lansdowne um, right behind our building. And we serve K to two in one building and then third through eighth graders in another building. Um, When I first arrived at the school, I looked around and I said, oh, where do the kids um, play at recess? Where do they play when they come for morning arrival and after school? And everyone said, oh, they just play out back. And I was like, oh, weird, where out back? And there was just an empty parking lot. Um, And then I said, oh, what do the kids play with? And they had like nothing to play with. Um, So we have a nice space between the two buildings that the kids walk between. Um, And there is a park directly across the street, like, two streets um, across from our school. And so when I first arrived, I said, oh, why don't we just take them to the park for recess and for morning arrival? But the problem with the park is that sometimes there are stray dogs there. Sometimes there were strangers. Um, 
I had to cross the blind and visually impaired children to very, very busy streets. So it wasted time. Like their recess was cut in half because I had to take them across two streets. And then some days I would have to turn around and go back into the parking lot because I would see a dog there without a leash on, or there would be some people there that I didn't know. So I didn't feel safe with having the kids in the park with, you know, people in the public in the middle of the day. Um, so the back empty playground space was like ideal for building a playground that could provide a safe, inclusive place for our children to play and save time so that they could get the most amount of minutes playing during the day. Um, and so I started just to tell everybody my dream and share information about our student body. Um, and fortunate for us, the school district, um, the fund for the school district made a connection with the Hess Foundation and the Hess Foundation and the school district um, came together and really made, you know, made our playground possible. And they started last year um, with plans for it and our students and families, they created every um, aspect of the playground from the basketball courts to the slides to the jungle gym. Um, there's audio in the play in the play area. So there's an area where kids can play music. Um, and then the actual equipment itself has um, raised parts of it. So our blind and visually impaired children can feel um, the different sections of the playground. Now, um, this is kind of like Braille. Yeah, there's some Braille writing out there. There's, um, you know, some areas of the playground where like smooth surfaces that sighted people wouldn't, wouldn't have a problem with. They're raised and they're, you know, um, various textures so that our students can feel where the steps begin, um, where the jumping off points, there's these little like jumping pads for them. Um, and everything was chosen from parents and students. So we had an application process for students to apply to be on the playground committee. Um, they submitted their own drawings, their own plans of what they wanted. They chose all the equipment. Um, and we had different vendors come in and the parents and the students voted on the one that they liked the best. And then that vendor um, became the, the one to install the equipment. Um, so I didn't even know what the playground was gonna look like until it was installed. And I had our community partnerships coordinator, Caroline Robinson, lead the efforts on um, organizing the students and the parents. And we put a lot of trust into them because the kids know what they want. And the parents are, you know, our customers. So they decided which vendor was best. And it's really, like, it's such a beautiful space. I get emotional talking about it because every day I go out, every day I do recess duty and every day I go outside and our kids are just, like, it's such a joyful it's such a joyful place for them. Definitely, you tell a great story here. I mean, these kids, especially in a harder city like Philadelphia, they've got to have that place to play. Yeah, and you know what, Brian? Like, in some of the neighborhoods that our kids live in, um, they're not going outside to play um, during the day. So their time at school to go outside and play, get fresh air, um, learn social skills, develop friendships, interact with, you know, their peers from different classes. Um, we have life skills students 
We have students in small self-contained um, classes specifically for visually impaired children. And we have general education students who all play together at the same time. So two thirds of our school are sighted general education students. And one third of our students are visually impaired and have an IEP, um, an individual education plan. And it's like our school has built in um, ways for students to practice tolerance and compassion and empathy for one another because they're integrated with students that are visually impaired and blind. Um, so the playground just really, number one, adds so much joy to our school. And number two, it provides a safe, inclusive place for all of our students to feel comfortable and feel like they belong. Um, it's great that you're giving them those opportunities. Yeah, and you know what? I, I do have to really acknowledge and thank the Hess Foundation and the fund for the school district and Donna Frisbee Greenwood for really making this um, dream a reality because our population of students is so unique. And sometimes we do get confused with other schools um, or us not being a school because our, the name of our school is so unique. It's Overbrook Educational Center. Um, but we're a public school. 86% um, of our students are economically disadvantaged. Um, and we serve students from all over the city. And we're proud of our children and of our school and really grateful and blessed to have this playground and this safe space for them because it means so much to have a place where during the day there's picnic tables now and there are benches. So kids can go out and they can do independent reading or they can go out and do their math problems outside. And I encourage our teachers to take our kids outside as much as possible because it's important for students to get fresh air, to interact with each other and to like have a safe place to play. I think every child in every child deserves a safe, inclusive play area. And when you don't have one at your school um, and you have students that have trauma or students that have challenges at home where they need a, a place to run and to play and to get out their energy and to, you know, release some endorphins. Like research shows that exercise and physical activity have better outcomes for students academic wise. So they're going to do better in school the more playtime they get, the more time that they get to um, enjoy the outside, enjoy their friends, um, explore, you know, social interactions the better they're going to do academic wise. And that's our goal. Our goal is to provide the best outcomes for students so that they can be ready to attend the high school of their choice and they can be ready for college and career. But if they don't have a safe place to play and time to play um, and people encouraging teachers to go outside and use the playground as a reward, use the space when they're doing, you know, um, grief groups or when our counselor is doing counseling sessions, they doesn't have to be inside. They can go out on the picnic table and share a snack and talk about, you know, their feelings. So we didn't have that before. You know, we just had an empty parking lot. And um, safety and time was, was being jeopardized because we were taking them to the park, but, um, or not taking them at all and just having a, a you know, a, a, you know, empty space to play in. And that's really, um, not fair for students that really deserve it. And I think that just having the support of the fund for the school district and the Hess Foundation 
and Donna Frisbee Greenwood support really um, allowed for this opportunity to happen for us. And, and the kids really, really um, enjoy it. And like, oh, we have two basketball courts now. Our students love basketball. Like before we didn't have that. And so it's just so nice for them to be able to use the space. So I can't really, I can't really say enough about it because we're just so grateful and blessed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every kid definitely deserves an inclusive and safe place to play. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Tell us more about the Has Foundation. I want to know a little bit more about them and who they are. Sure. So um, I just want to be clear about their partnership with us. Um, The Hess Foundation um, has done a lot for the school district and has really identified um, areas of need where um, schools can make improvements. And so in that regard, they have, um, you know, we um, communicated to the fund for the school district our need for a playground and the Hess Foundation um, came and supported that, that need. Um, so that's our, our partnership with them. Great. Um, let's, let's talk about what the kids and the parents and the other teachers think of the new playground. One OEC parent partner, Rachel Fennell, she likes the playground. Why does she like it? And are and are both of her kids looking forward to using the new place? Yeah. So uh, Rachel has two kids here: Nyla in third grade and Naray in sixth grade. And Naray is with me at recess every day, um, and her girls absolutely love it. Naray is a member of the basketball team, so she practices her basketball skills each day. Um, and Nyla loves to go on the jungle gym with her friends. And really, the girls just enjoy the space, and they um, enjoy the opportunity to interact with friends and to build social skills. Um, and Rachel is a parent here who's super involved and who is um, provides a lot of impact and uh, input and feedback for us to grow. So she's always offering suggestions for us to get better and you know, ways that we can improve while at the same time recognizing the good work that we're doing. And so as a partner in our work, um, Rachel has really, you know, encouraged us along the way and provided, provided, um, you know, critical feedback for us to do better. And she was a big proponent of getting the playground and helping us to spread awareness about it. So um, we really, we really are grateful for our parents because they're partners in this work, and they're the ones who share stories about our school and who spread the the good word and, you know, encourage other families and other community members and partners to get involved and just to know about our school. So we appreciate her and her kids. Really, are have a great time on the playground each day. Any of the any of the other uh, students, blind and visually impaired, who've said anything anything really good about the playground? The question was about if any other visually impaired or blind children had a comment about the playground. Yes. Yes. So, um, one of our students, Bayera, who is in the fourth grade right now, 
said that it's the most fun that she's ever had um, in her life. In her life, so um, I think just for them, it was such a huge moment and a great addition to our school that they're just having a ball. And every time they go out to play, they can't wait to get on the slides and to run around, play tag, play you know all different kinds of games, um, and they're just their their level of happiness for recess has increased exponentially so that's amazing do you know of any other accessible playgrounds for the blind in the u.s i don't i should but i don't that's okay that's okay just i popped the question out there yeah when will the new playground open and how can our listeners learn more about it it opened it's officially open yeah it's officially open um yeah so it opened in the fall so it's been open for uh let's see for about three months um we would love you know we're always open to having um visitors and volunteers and um community members come and check out our school um, we have a, an Instagram page. It's OEC Jags. Like the Jaguar is our, is our mascot. Um, so it's OEC J-A-G-S. And then you can always Google Overbrook Educational Center and it will bring you right to our, our website. Um, and if you ever want to come and check out the school or learn more about us or volunteer, we're always looking for extra hands. Um, we're always looking for extra help um, during the day. And we have a lot of events going on. Um, so I did want to share, we have two major events happening um, shortly in the, in the spring. The first one is we do a huge production of Aladdin. So our drama program is one of the most um, powerful programs that we have at the school. Um, and that's ha- we have visually impaired and blind children participating as actors and actresses, and that's happening in uh, the fall. And so we'd love for people to come and see that. It's, it's really our, our plays are out of this world. Um, our drama performances are unbelievable. And then we have a day called One Day of Wonder where we celebrate Stevie Wonder's birthday. Um, and we invite St. Lucy's, who serves blind and visually impaired. It's a Catholic school in the city. And Overbrook School for the Blind, which also serves blind um, students and visually impaired children. And that's a private school right around the corner from us who we have a partnership with. Um, and so both schools come over and we have a day where we celebrate diversity and we honor a Stevie wonder. Um, and so we'd love for, you know, any visitors or volunteers who, who want to come out to share in that celebration with us. Um, and, and also just, we're excited that, um, we're getting some press about our school because we really want people to be a part of it and be a part of the success Um, We just became designated as a community school through the mayor's office in the fall, in September. So um, we just started some adult education programs, and we're expanding our learning time, um, hopefully beginning in the fall of 2020 for the students. So we're going to have slots open for school to go until 6 p.m. So students can learn more, have enrichment opportunities, and stay after school in a safe um, place where they can get more academic time. These are all great things happening at OEC. Um, anything else you would like to add? I just really want to thank 
the Hess Foundation, and I want to thank the Fund for the School District and Donna Frisbee-Greenwood. I know I, I mentioned her a bunch of times, but um, we, words really can't, I really can't say, put into words how thankful we are because um, the installation of the playground has been transformative. Meredith, so, I think the new playground will help your blind and visually impaired students find a place to grow and play as kids. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks for having me. I hope you have a great day. You too. All right. Before talk to you soon. Listen, yes. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org. And my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says home speaking out for the blind where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. We are Friends in Art, an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. We sing, compose songs and poems, play musical instruments, read and write books, paint pictures, and take photographs. We are playwrights, potters, sculptors, weavers, and storytellers. We are members of the audience and patrons of art museums. We celebrate beauty in all that surrounds us. We are Friends in Art. Join us in the art parlor for stimulating interviews, thoughtful conversations, and the latest art-related information. Coming soon to ACB Radio. Have you heard? There's a new show on ACB Radio Interactive. This is Jason Castingway inviting you to join me on Artfelt. I will be bringing music to you that stands out, Pieces that fill the heart and rouse the body. From symphonies that ring to songs that swing to harmonies that zing. I can make my most fantastic, most fantastic dreams come true. And everything in between. My goal is to take you on a musical safari, leaving you with the satisfaction of a journey well spent. So tune in to ACB Radio Interactive for Artfelt every Tuesday evening from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. 
for this is where music echoes the thoughts of the soul. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. This is Alice Cooper for R.A.D.D. There's a lot of things we have no control of in this world, but that's not the case with drunk driving. If you're going to drink, don't drive. Think ahead and choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives on and so should you. public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. ACB Radio.